thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. God speaks it and it comes to pass. God's speaking and there to listen. God's speaking, there to do it. God's saying those things, obedience is what he expects. You see, the reason, the difference is, is image-driven is without relationship. Image-driven is without relationship. It's an iconic thing, or it's something that's just a visually stimulating thing, but it has really no deep substance. But the word is very different as it takes root in our lives. It has a different depth of impact on us. I understand the image stuff has impact, but it's negative impact in comparison to the word. And of all the people of the earth, this this is one of the main significant differences is that we are to be word-driven, not image-driven. It's crazy when you look around how it's gotten more and more and more imagery. The world's gotten more and more, and it's more driven by all of that. And God just says, man, he doesn't want us to be that way. And here it is again. He's speaking and there to be listening. He's speaking to us tonight. We're to be listening. Isaiah chapter 9 tells us something regarding this house that was to be built. Isaiah 9, beginning with verse 6. For unto us... A child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Again, God spoke it, and God will do it. You know, I think even as believers, sometimes we can get detached from that, that God spoke it, and he will do it. What God speaks, he will perform it. I believe it's also in Isaiah where he says, man, the Lord, um, when the Lord puts something in motion, Who will reverse it? Who can reverse what God speaks and puts into motion? You know, because the Lord, man, he sends out his word and it comes back. It doesn't return void. It accomplishes always the purpose for which he sent it. And I think those things are just things you just want to hang on to. We're we're to be a word-driven people. So Nathan hears all this and he goes and shares this stuff with, with David Again, absolutely no doubt, to be perfectly clear, we want to be clear on this. David's heart in this, I think, is totally pure and right. He's just thinking from the standpoint of, wow, man, I've got this cool place. Everything's great. And certainly there's a time to build the temple. Certainly there was a time coming for that. But that wasn't what God wanted from David. So 
he didn't want that from David. And we're going to talk about that a little bit further, some of the scriptures that support that. He didn't really want David to necessarily do that. But it doesn't mean that, and he never asked David to do that, but that doesn't mean that he didn't appreciate David's heart in that. And I think that's important for us sometimes. God will honor the heart in that, but it doesn't mean that the, the thing that we had in our heart is what we're supposed to do. God will honor the heart in that, and he may say, no, you just go do this or whatever. But the heart in it, God knows the heart. And I, I think that's great, and I think that's something to acknowledge here. Because as he shares this with him, he shares all these things with David, and David understood this in his heart and his mind, you know, this, this throne being established forever. And then King David went in and sat before the Lord, so he goes in, and he just starts to hang out with God. He goes in, and he said, he starts to talk to God. I, again, part of this, it's this dialogue that takes place. God's speaking through Nathan the prophet, speaking to David. David now is going to sit down and have a rap with God. He's going to talk with God. There's, 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 there's relationship. There's, there's interaction. It's not monologue. It's dialogue. Man, so important for us to stay engaged in the dialogue part. Making sure that we're hearing from the Lord. What David, what was on David's heart was a good thing. But it wasn't necessarily something that God wanted David to do. But, but God tells David all the good things and how he's, you know, they've given you rest from your enemies. And man, I've established you. I just took you out of the sheepfold. You, you know, you're nothing in and of yourself, but look at what I've done. And, you know, just good things. And then King David went in verse 18 and sat before the Lord and said, who am I, O Lord God? Who am I? He really reflected back on that. That's right. I'm just a little shepherd guy, man. Oh, God help us. So important in our journey with the Lord to sit down and reflect. Man, who am I, Lord? Really? We, we get so involved and self-involved with whatever, who we might think we are, what we think we're doing, and how important all that is. And Really, it's so great. Who am I, O oh Lord? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? Man, you have, basically he's saying, God, from a thankful heart, he's just saying, God, you have radically, radically blessed me. He loves to hear from you. I'm telling you, our, our dad, dad loves to hear. He loves to hear a thankful heart. He loves to hear from you. And you express your appreciation, your gratitude for his goodness. This is what David's doing. He's just, he hears this from the Lord. That's right, man. Who am I, man? It wasn't that long ago. I'm running around out in the field with my goofy guys, and we're just running from Saul, you know? And now look at where we're at. and Look what you've done. God, you're good to me. You've been right, just, and fair. And yet, this was a small thing in your sight, Oh, Lord God, I mean, the, his doing, it's just, this is nothing. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O oh Lord God? This doesn't, he says, this is just too much, you know, this is overwhelming. Now, what more can David say to you? He's speaking first person, you know, he's saying, man, what more could I, as an individual person, express to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. You know, and there's just this moment here where he says, what more can David say to you? He he's actually hits a spot where he goes pretty silent. This is a guy who's written 
a bunch of psalms. This guy's very articulate, right? We know David to be, I mean, extremely articulate, very gifted in that way of being able to express himself. And in this situation, he just doesn't have words that could fully express. This is a response, and I I think this is what's important. This is a response to God for his grace and his goodness that he's just expressed to David. Man, I've given you peace from all your enemies around you. I've done, you know, all this stuff that he kind of just lists off, and David knows that in and of himself, he's not deserving of any of that. And God has been gracious, giving him what he doesn't deserve, you know. God's been gracious to him. And this is his response. He says, man, I don't know what to say. I don't even know. I don't have words to express. I hope in your brief little moment of time that as you wander in your heart with the Lord through some of the blessings and the goodness that God has just poured out and his grace, unmerited love and favor that he's poured out on just you as an individual, I agree. Get together with your spouse and do it too. But I'm saying just as an individual believer, just spend this time doing this and just express this stuff to the Lord. I am excited when you, for you to get to that point where just words can't express it. Man, when grace is a powerful thing because it's when you know that you know that there's nothing in and of yourself that was deserving of any of it. And you really know that. And yet God has somehow chosen to bestow his goodness and blessing upon your life. There are no words that could be used to express gratitude for that. I want you to be at that place because it's a great place to visit. It'd be a great place to live, but it's a great place for us to visit from time to time. It's a quiet place, a place where just silent worship. Just worship the Lord. There's no words to describe your appreciation. There's no, man, what a great place to get to. And he goes on, obviously, David being the guy that he is, silence was there for a brief moment, but verse 21 does come upon us. For your word's sake, he says, and according to your own heart. He's speaking back to the Lord. This is your, for your word's sake, and according to your own heart, you have done all of these great things to make your servant know them. You've revealed yourself to me, God. You've re- just made yourself known to me. And you've done all these great things. And all of this is for your word's sake and according to your own heart. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, For there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Again, this idea of for God's word's sake, hearing from the Lord. Again, it's that that relationship that's there. That idea of being connected and being a word-driven people. For God's own glory, basically, David is saying that all this has happened. And even that personal revelation that you know God 
is great for you and for me because we have everlasting life. We've been given a free gift. But if we could just step back for a moment and see this from the the eternal perspective, God's whole thing in this is that it gives him glory. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Ephesians 1, verse 9. This is all ultimately to give him glory. Ephesians 1, 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Basically, same concept. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his good will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. This whole idea is that God's revealed himself to us. He's made himself known to you. He's made himself known to me. And it is a huge thing as beneficiaries in the fact that we have everlasting life. His presence is there with us. But the whole deal of this is that it is to bring him glory. It reveals the goodness and the grace of God to those who are passers-by. To those who are passing by that know you and that really know you, that really know who you really are. The passers-by in this life. And they see and they, wow, that is just crazy. That is crazy. Only God could do that. That's where David's sitting. That's where his head's at. And he's just saying, man, this is all because of your word's sake according to your own heart, because of God's own heart for humanity, he's made himself known to you and me. Because he knows you intimately and loves you intimately, he's made himself known. But it is for his glory. It's ultimately to bring him glory. The best thing we can do is just step aside so that people can see Jesus moving in and through our lives. I know this is contrary to our world that surrounds us because around us, again, that image-driven world that surrounds us is so focused on self, you see, and what we're projecting of ourselves to others. But man, get out of the way and just let Jesus be projected through your life. Man, that's going to give God glory. Self-deprecating though it may be at times, I agree. You know, it's like that, but get out of the way and let God shine through your life. And who is like your people, like Israel? Man, David's just going on. This is David's open worship response that we just get to peek in on as he just responds to these blessings that God has shown and revealed to him. He says, and who is like your people, like Israel? The one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for himself a name, and to do for yourself Great and awesome deeds for your land before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, the nations and their gods. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever. And you, Lord, 
have become their God. This is, man, out of all the peoples of the earth. And the whole point of this was to take a people and out of the world, you know, living there, but take them away from that all the other nations would look on and look upon and say, wow, those people are blessed. God is amongst them. And because God's amongst them, as God is amongst them, that there would be something provoked in them to be drawn to the Lord. Is, the question really is, is that our focus and is that what's happening? And if it's not happening, why isn't it happening? See, again, I think sometimes we fall prey to getting caught up in reflecting more of the world than of the Lord. Instead of just reflecting and pointing back to God's blessing and God's goodness. You see, quickly, we forget how quickly the rug could be pulled out from under us. And we would be left with what? But we so gravitate toward the things of this world and identify ourselves with whatever we have amassed. Which having those things isn't wrong in and of itself, but give God the glory. Not falsely, but out of humility and truth from your heart. You have to find that place in your heart where you know that you know that you know what? God's the one that really blessed me with this. That God's really the one that's done that. And from that place, then you can share with others and others will begin to see that it's because of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy upon your life that you have whatever you have and that God's doing whatever he's doing, whatever it might be in your life. In 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9. Now remember, at the latter part of chapter 1, having been born again in verse 23, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel is preached to you. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's what took root in, in all of our lives. We've talked about that recently. But in verse 9 then of chapter 2, it goes on with this thought. He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people, but who are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. That's who we all are as Christians. We are, in that sense, like Israel, in the fact that we have been taken out of, and God has, both out of the nation Israel, those who would believe on the Lord, and out of the Gentile world, out of the two people groups of the world, the nation Israel, the Jewish people, or the Gentile, that's, that's the two people groups. That's all God acknowledges, the two people groups. Out of those two people groups, he makes one people group, the church, the body of Christ. So out of all of the peoples of the world, becomes one in the person of Jesus Christ, the church. This is that same concept that's being talked about. Who is like your people, like Israel? Who's like the church? Who's like the body? And I, I'm hoping that you're catching this, this, this glimpse of, of the perspective of the power of his presence within 
your life and within our gatherings, the life of the body, that we have a life-changing God that dwells within us, that can take us out of darkness and bring us into his marvelous light, that transforming power of God. Now, in verse 25, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. David's just saying, amen, so be it. Whatever you've said, God, I believe you for it. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, in verse 26, the Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And remember, whenever you hit the Lord of hosts, commander of all the forces of the universe. The Lord of hosts is his name. That's what that means. The commander of all the forces of the universe. That's your heavenly father. That's, that's our God. So what are you struggling with? What's the issue? What is the need? Have you really talked to dad about it? Have you really asked him about it? And if he says no about something, why aren't you good with that? Do you not believe that maybe he knows what's best? That maybe he really is sure of what you should or shouldn't have? Anytime I've transgressed that, it's gone bad for me. I encourage us to rely and trust in him. The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established forever. For you, Lord, you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. So this is his prayer. You've promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. I think if we could grasp just even slivers of this and hang on to this idea of God has spoken it, and it's going to come to pass. God has spoken his heart to us through the word that we have, that we hold. And man, the Lord wants to do great and good things. The thing is, is I love David's heart. He says, man, you know what? You've spoken this. This isn't predicated upon me. It has nothing to do with me, but you've spoken it, and I'm going to trust you with it. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for tuning in today and listening to the message. I know that God is doing a work in your life. I know that as you hear his word, he's doing something in your heart, and he wants to begin that good work in your life, as he's done in many of our lives, and he wants to forgive you of your sin. Maybe some of you are just carrying that weight of sin, and you just want to be forgiven. Well, God wants to forgive you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God loves you. He wants to forgive you of all your sin. All you have to do is pray this simple prayer of faith and begin this new journey with Jesus. Again, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you, and God will forgive you. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask that you would forgive me of my sin. You know exactly where I've been and what's been going on in my life, and I want to begin a new life in you. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior, and that I would begin this new journey with you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might live a life that would please you and bring you glory. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.